Chapter 13 of A Short History of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Fascio. A Short History of Wales by Owen M. Edwards. Chapter 13 Castle and Longbow. So far, I have told you very little about war, except that a battle was fought and lost, or a castle built or taken. War has two sides, attack and defense. New ways of attacking and defending are continually devised. When the art of defense is more perfect than the art of attack, the world changes very little, for the strong can keep what he has gained. When the art of attack is the more perfect, new men have a better chance, and many changes are made. The chief source of defense was the castle. The chief weapon of attack was the longbow. Wales contains the most perfect castles in this country, it is also the home of the longbow. From 1066 to 1284, England and Wales were conquered, and the conquest was permanent because castles were built. From 1284 to 1461, England and Wales attacked other countries, and the weapon which gave them so many victories was the longbow. I will tell you about the castles first, about the Norman castles, and about the Edwardian castles. The Norman castle was a square keep, with walls of immense thickness, sometimes of twenty feet. But if the Normans had to build on top of a hill, or on the ruins of an old castle, he did not try to make the new castle square, but allowed its walls to take the form of the hill, or of the old castle, and this kind of castle was called a shell-keep. The outer and inner casing of the wall would be of dressed stone, the middle part was chiefly rubble. At first, if they had plenty of supplies, a very few men could hold a castle against an army as long as they liked. These were the castles built by the Norman invaders to retain their hold over the Welsh districts they conquered. But many ways of storming a castle were discovered. They could be scaled by means of tall ladders, especially in a stealthy night attack. Stones could be thrown over the walls by mangonels to annoy the garrison. Sometimes a wall could be brought down by a battering ram. But the quickest and surest way was by mining. The miners worked their way to the wall, and then began to take some of the stones of the outer casing out, propping the wall up with beams of wood. When the hole was big enough, they filled it with firewood. They greased the beams well, they set fire to them, and then retired to a safe distance to see what happened. When the great wall crashed down, the soldiers swarmed over it to beat down the resistance of the garrison. If you ever go to Abergavenny Castle, in the Vale of Usk, look at the cleft of the rock along which the daring besiegers once climbed. And if you go to the Vale of Toei and see Dreiselwyn Castle, remember that the wall once came down before the miners expected, and that many men were crushed. In order to prevent mining, many changes were made. Moats were dug around the castle, and filled with water. Brattices were made along the top of the towers, galleries through the floor of which the defenders could pour boiling pitch on the besiegers. The walls were built at such angles that a window, with archers posted behind it, could command each wall. Stronger towers were built, round towers with a coping at each story, solid as a rock, which would crack and lean without falling. There is a leaning tower at Carefully Castle. One other way I must mention, the child or the wife of the castellan would be brought before the walls, and hanged before his eyes, unless he opened the gates. 
The newer, or Edwardian castles, those of the reigns of Henry III and Edward I, are concentric, that is, there are several castles in one, so that the besiegers, when they had taken one castle, found themselves face to face with another, still stronger, perhaps, inside it. Of these castles, the most elaborate of the castles is carefully built by Gilbert de Clare, the Red Earl of Gloucester who helped Edward in the Welsh Wars. And it was by means of these magnificent concentric castles, Conway, Bumaris, Carnarvon, and Harlech, that Edward hoped to keep Wales. There are many kinds of bows. In war, two were used, the crossbow and the longbow. The crossbow was meant at first for the defense of towns, like Genoa, or the towns of Castile. So strength was more important than lightness, and the archer had time to take aim. It was a bow on a cross piece of wood, along which the string was drawn back peg after peg by mechanism. The bow was then held to the breast, and the arrow let off. It was clumsy, heavy, and expensive. The longbow was only one piece of sinewy yew and a string. It was used at first for the chase, and the archer had to take instant aim. It was drawn to the ear, and it was a most deadly weapon when a strong arm had been trained to draw it. Its arrow could pick off a soldier at the top of the highest castle. It could pierce through an oak door three fingers thick. It could pin a mail-clad knight to his horse. It was this peasant weapon that brought the mailed knight down in battle. The home of the longbow is the country between the Severn and the Wye. It was famous before, but it was first used with effect in the last Welsh wars. It was used to break the lines of the Snowdon lances and pikes, so that the mail-clad cavalry might dash in. But later on, the same bows were used to bring the nobles of France down. From the Welsh war on, archers and infantry became important. Battles ceased to be what they had been so long, the shock of mail-clad knights meeting each other at full charge. The longbow made noble and peasant equal on the field of battle. The revolution was made complete later on by gunpowder. End of chapter 13